0: Hi there. Have you ever wondered what God actually thinks about the way we do church? What does he think about our buildings, our programs? What does he think about big churches or small churches? What does he think about the songs we sing, the denominations we have, the styles we have? I mean, what does the architect of the universe, what does he think about our Zooms or our online services or our websites? You know, those things may be really important to us, but are they really important to God? I mean does God really care what we do and how we do it? My answer is yes and no. I think that God cares deeply about his church. I think he cares deeply that his people are seeking to be all that he calls us to be and that that his church is is pursuing to be the people that our world desperately needs. You know that that we are living in life-giving vertical relationship with God and living in a life-giving, horizontal relationship with others. And I think if we've got those two things right, our vertical relationships and our horizontal relationships, if we have them right, I think all the other things of style and form are somewhat secondary. You know, part of the challenge we have is that we evaluate church by what we do, how church meets my needs, how church fits my family, how the programs work in our, our available times. Yeah, know, those things are important to us. They're not wrong things. But I think those particular things are less important to God. You know, I've been there. I've changed church for a number of reasons. Now, they weren't sinful reasons, but, you know, they weren't necessarily right reasons. In the end, I've become a consumer with me being the focus of church. And I'm just not sure that's exactly what God intends for the church. So we often evaluate church by, by what we do. I think God evaluates church by who we are. And so today I want to explore what the church is or what it's called to be. See, most of us would say the church is a place. It's where we go. I believe God would say the church is a people. It's who we are. And so this morning I want to talk to you about the church. And so quiz time. How many guesses out there in your place, how many times do you think the word church is found in the New Testament. Any guesses? 10, 20, 30, 40? I'll tell you, because it takes too long to do this. In the New Testament, it's the word church in our English Bibles is found in, a, in 114 verses. Now, any guesses out of those 114 verses, how many verses are found in the in the Gospels? Any guesses? 10? Less? 5? Less? In fact, in the Gospels, the word church is only found in three verses. Actually, it's found in two verses, and they're both in the Gospel of Matthew. If we didn't have the Gospel of Matthew, the word church would never have been spoken by Jesus. And so I think that's really interesting, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. The word that we have for church in our English Bibles is a Greek word called ecclesia. And that may be a new word for us, maybe a new word for you but it's not a new word for those who lived in the first century for them an ecclesia it was an assembly of voting citizens it started uh, in the greek empire in about 4 B- about 4th century bc and it was where that the greeks would call together an assembly of people to vote on something maybe you could think of it like a local council where if they needed to vote on on parkland or parking meters or what color um, the the benches should get painted, or if they go to war or not, something important, they would call their ecclesia together and they would vote on the action and they would establish, govern, they would govern and rule through their ecclesia. And so then the Roman Empire came along and they took what the Greeks had already established, this ecclesia concept, and they adopted, and I'd say this ecclesiastical, you might have come across that word, the ecclesiastical model to expand the power and influence of the Roman Empire. It was one of the mechanisms that they used to establish the Roman authority, rule, power, and culture. The The Roman Emperor, or the Caesar, would gather his ecclesia. He would call them together. He would speak to them of his will, his ideas, his plans, what he wants to see happen, and then that ecclesia would go to the uttermost ends of their world, their empire, and they would they would put into place the culture and the word and the will of the emperor back in Rome. Now, this is a really powerful thought. So, if you went back to the first century, the the Jewish people were very familiar with the concept of a temple. They knew they went to the temple regularly. That's how they worshipped God. That's where they prayed, and they and they brought sacrifices to God. They were familiar with the temple. They're also familiar with the synagogue, which had also been around for centuries before Jesus came. And the synagogues were established or scattered throughout uh, Judea and the Roman Empire as places of discipleship and growth. And so they were familiar with the temple and they were familiar with the synagogue that was part of their everyday worship. Now, Jesus was about to say something, is about to say something to Peter that is incredibly powerful back then. And I really believe something powerful right now. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 16 and start at verse 13. Now, Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Here Jesus gives Peter an amazing glimpse of the power and the potential of the church. Eugene Peterson in the Message Translation puts it this way, regarding the church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. I want us to note something in this verse, that Jesus here was declaring to Peter his strategy, not Peter's, Jesus' strategy to transform people, to transform cities, to transform nations, and to destroy the works of hell. Jesus is about to give a strategy. And his emphasis wasn't regarding the temple. His emphasis wasn't regarding the synagogue. Jesus used a particular word here. He said, Ecclesia. What Jesus did here was revolutionary. He bought a secular construct. He he introduced this everyone knew what Ecclesia was from a governmental model. Jesus brought that from a secular model and he applied it to his kingdom. See, Ecclesia were a people that are chosen and called by God, representatives of the king, who hear his word and carry his authority and power and rule to the uttermost ends of the earth. Now, it seems to me when Jesus said that he'll build his church, he wasn't really that interested and how beautiful our buildings are, or how big our programs are, or how significant our institutions are, whether we have a big church or a small church, whether we have stained glass windows or whether we have strobe lights. It seems to me that Jesus, when he's talking to Peter, was more interested in seeing his kingdom advance and seeing the kingdom of darkness retreat. And it seems to me that Jesus has determined that the primary vehicle to bring transformation to the world in which we live It wasn't the temple, it wasn't the synagogue, but it would be in this gathering called the Ecclesia, the gathering of believers. Now, it's important also that Jesus doesn't get rid of the temple and doesn't get rid of the synagogue. They still had a part to play in Jewish Jewish believers' faith. There was still a place for worship and celebration and fellowship and prayer and Bible study. But I think Jesus had something else in mind to change the world and something that would not be bound by buildings or structures. It is where his presence and his power could be at work through his people, in their homes, in their workplaces, in their schools, in their universities. In fact, wherever his people, whether wherever his ecclesia would go, they would be, they would be agents of transformation, taking the rule and the culture of the kingdom to the uttermost ends of the earth. And we see that Jesus, when he's talking to Simon Peter, he sets up a new paradigm. He sets up a new understanding of his kingdom. He gives us all a new perspective on how his church can actually function as salt and light, how it can change uh, culture. Now, the other 112 verses, these are the two verses in the Gospels, the other 112 verses that we come across, which use the word Ecclesia, it can refer to a number of different things. And whenever you read the New Testament and you look at the word church, you'll see it can refer to usually three or four different things. Uh, it certainly represents the body of Christ worldwide, where Jesus functions as the head of the church. That's the invisible body of believers across the globe. That is, in Scripture, that is called the Ecclesia. Also in Scripture, we find that the expression Ecclesia can also refer to God's um, people In a specific region, to the churches in this region or that region, ecclesia. But most frequently, uh, the word ecclesia refers to a local gathering of Christians. And so, so as we look at the book of Acts, so remember, ecclesia is referring prime well most frequently to a local gathering of Christians of believers. And as we look at the book of Acts, we can see how this model of church uh, radically transformed the culture and the community. So on the day of Pentecost, we know the Holy Spirit came, filled and empowered the church. Peter stands up and he declares the first sermon, the first message about Jesus to the gathered crowd. And in Acts 2, verse 41, all those who believed what Peter had said were baptized and were added to the church that day. They were added to the ecclesia that day. About 3,000 in all. And here we see the power of the message of Jesus at work. We see lives that are transformed and added to the church. They're not added to the building, they're added to the church. And To be honest, I don't think any building in the first century would be able to contain 3,000 people coming to faith. And then Luke uh, goes on to say, in your Bible you might have a little heading that says the early believers gathered or something like that. But you know what, when when Luke, the author, wrote this, he went straight from verse 41 to 42 explaining what these believers did, what the Ecclesia did. And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And they worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And so here we see the early church at work. Here we see the ecclesia functioning, I believe, as Jesus intended it to. And we see that the early church was not defined by their building or by their structures or by their services. In fact, I said before, no building or structure could contain the ecclesia that Jesus was building. In fact, no building or structure was ever designed to and could ever contain the fullness of what God wants to do through his church. But we see Jesus, and he told Peter, Jesus had a plan. He had a plan to build his church. Jesus also had a plan to disciple and to grow people. He had a plan to empower, equip, and ultimately send his people To the ends of the earth, and in those verses, as we read it, and I know if you've been in church long enough, you've come across this many times. And as you read the account of the early church, we see that Jesus's plan was twofold. It outworked in two separate gatherings. Firstly, they gathered in the temple; they they gathered to worship, to pray, to celebrate, and praise God together. But you know what? If that was enough, Jesus wouldn't have introduced the ecclesia. And so not only did they gather in the temple, they also met regularly from home to home. And so you might be wondering well, that's just the early church. You know, it's just it's just Acts, the first chapter, second chapter of Acts. Well, I want to read some more verses. Where did this church meet? And so we've read the one in Acts chapter 2, verse 46. They met from home to home, house to house. Check out this slide that's now on your screen. We see that. They also met Acts chapter 5, verse 42. They met from house to house. In Acts chapter 8, verse 3, Paul went from house to house and, and, and dragging out Christians. In Acts chapter 10, verse 20, they were at Cornelius' house. In Acts 12, 12, they were at Mary's house, the church met. In Acts 16, 32, they met at the jailer's house. In 16, 40, they met at Lydia's house. In 18, verse 7, they met at Titius' Justice's house. In Acts 20, 20, they went from house to house. That's Acts, Romans, Romans sixteen verse five. They 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 met uh, well to the believers in Priscilla and Aquila's Aquila's house. Uh, One Corinthians sixteen verse nineteen again to the believers at Priscilla. I can't even say those words anymore. <coughs> you know Priscilla and Aquila's house. Colossians four fifteen. Uh, the church met at Nymphas house in Philemon. One verse two they met at Philemon's house. And so here we see that the church, the early church, not just in the first few weeks of of being born in pentecost but the church met yes they met regularly at the temple to celebrate and worship god but they also met from house to house and as they met from house to house god turned up as they met from home to home and they celebrated uh the lord's supper and as they prayed and as they worshiped and as they encouraged one another as they studied the word their community was built and their culture was transformed and I believe this is a great example of the ecclesia at work. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the, the formal church service or the, those that gathered at the temple that were doing this. It was those that were called by God into relationship with him. that were going out while they were gathering and then they were going out to be the church. You know, as I read through the book of Acts, it sounds like a fantastic church to be part of. And so most of you would be aware that this strategy This season we're moving into as an eldership is a strategy that uh, God's given us for or emphasized to us, particularly started in this COVID season. We believe if we really want to make disciples that function as the disciples Jesus calls us to be, to function as the ecclesia, if we really want to transform our culture and our communities, the temple is not enough. Just coming to church is not enough. I mean, we can't even do that. At the moment, you know, just connecting online, watching it online or watching your favorite preacher online, Joyce Meyer or watching Brian Houston or Bill Johnson or or whoever your favorite preacher is or uh, or the podcast you listen to or the or the CDs that you have or the DVDs or or if you have cassette tapes even seriously, does anyone have cassette tapes still? Do you use them? I used to have a whole heap of preaching cassette tapes, but you know what? All that stuff is great, but it's not enough. See, whilst we listen and watch these things, we're consuming content. But if we're not in community with one another, we are missing out on what I believe is something God has for us. We're missing out on the actual power of ecclesia at work. We're we're missing out on the on the gathering and the and the growing and ultimately the the going and the sending. That occurs as we grow, as we come together, grow together, and go together to change the places God sends us. And so, really, this is what the message today is all about. This is what we're setting up to start in the next uh, few weeks uh, about our satellite services. You know, today, hopefully, I've, I've opened your heart a little bit or your mind to the power of the ecclesia. Hopefully, today, I want to present to you a, an invitation. And an opportunity for you to align with us as we attempt to align with Jesus' plans for his church. So in October, we are about to launch our satellite services. And in uh, November, we want to start our celebration services. You know, October, satellites, November, celebration, If all works well. And so in some ways, some things may not change for you. Some things, you know, we we will always be delivering our weekly online content that can encourage and help you wherever you are in your journey with God. Whether you're watching from Victoria or watching from Brisbane or watching from Lithgow, the content we really believe God wants us to use these platforms to share and encourage you in together to connect together and and journey through that through YouTube or right now media. You can still watch it at home. You can watch it with your family whenever and wherever you like. That's not going to change. And it's a great way for you to keep connected when you're traveling or on holidays. But what is different, though, is that we are now encouraging our church, instead of just watching content from home, we are encouraging our church family to gather together. Can you say that with me? We are going to gather together. Yeah. Doing church alone or doing church just with your family is great, but we really believe it is missing something of what God has determined that church should be. It's missing the the, the ecclesia that Jesus was referring to. It it can't happen by yourself. Jesus always called his people into community. And so in October, uh, October 18. Around 15 homes are going to in our region are going to open their doors and invite you to come. And we are going to gather together from house to house and home to home. And we're going to gather together as the church, as the ecclesia a place where we can pray together, grow together, share together, eat meals together, do life together, sharpen each other in our faith, and encourage one another. And in that, to to pray for our neighbours and families, to encourage one another as we go into our schools and universities. And wherever we go, that, that we would be able to go as the called out people of God, the ecclesia of God, to go and change the communities or wherever he sends us to go. So our elders believe that together, that we can really become the church that Jesus had in mind. Can you? Can, I think this is so exciting. It is, I really believe it's possible, and I believe this is the opportunity God's given us in COVID this season. He's given us the opportunity as a church to become the church that Jesus talked to Peter about. Not, 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 not the building, not the programs, not the structures, but the ecclesia, the church that actually gathers and goes and changes and transforms people's lives. We believe that God is giving Hunter Christian Church an opportunity and an invitation to discover something amazing in Him, <clears throat> and we are really excited as an eldership to extend that opportunity and that invitation for you to join us. So, in a moment, we're going to um, we're going to pray, we're going to watch a, sh- a very short one and a half minute video, and then I want to talk about some really practical things. The reality is, we were never meant to do church alone. And we believe that it is time for us, you know what I'm going to say, it is time for us to gather together. And we believe that together we are going to see God do something amazing in us and wherever we go. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for the time that we have today to listen to your word, to hear your word, to study, to consider, to open our heart to what your Holy Spirit is saying to our church. And Lord, I just pray that as we move forward, that we would just listen to the voice of your Spirit. Lord, that we'd understand that you've called us to be an influencing factor in this world that we live. You've called us to be salt, and you've called us to be light. You've called us to be the, your ecclesia that is called out, called by you, and uh, where we can spend time with you and hear your voice and your word and your will. And we would take your rule and your reign and your purposes into every place that we tread. And so, Lord, I pray that as we talk about satellite services, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds uh, to trust and to step into a place that we believe is you, that you are leading us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are some things in life that you can't do alone, like play ping pong. Yeah, Give yourself a root canal. Be stuck in a traffic jam. Are you serious? Come on! Perform a flash mob. Have a sack race. Set, go! You got this! I'm gonna see you. you got this! Yeah! Yeah! Go on a lunch on. date. Trust fall. Okay, here I go. Some things in life just don't work without the help of others. Your spiritual journey is one of them. When it comes to that, we're much better together. Well, thanks for your time today to listen to something that I think is really exciting about our church and what God calls us to be uh, as an ecclesia, as a a group of people that gather. Yeah, we gather together uh, once a month in a temple and celebrate that and we're looking forward to that. But you know what? I'm really looking forward to seeing what God does from home to home. Because I think that's where the rubber hits the road. And so some really practical things I want to talk about. Uh, firstly, I said it before that we launch our satellite services on October 18. That's our plan. That's our goal. And uh, we're going to, as far as we can, we're going to stick to that date. And uh, um, while we, believe that, we do believe that everyone will benefit from being part of the satellite group, we're not going to be forcing anyone to we're not going to be uh, we're not going to be twisting anyone's arm we're not going to be, be telling you what to do. we just want to present an opportunity. you know satellite services are really just an opportunity to do church together to to join at someone's home and pray together and talk together and share together. not going to be a super long service it'll just be church um, in someone's home and so uh, that's that's coming up and so it's an opportunity we, we can't make you, get along to those services and we are still 100% committed. I'll say that again, our eldership is 100% committed to you as part of our church family, whether you're in a group or not. We just want to present this opportunity and an invitation to you. So over the next few weeks, you are going to receive an invitation to join a group somewhere. Now, some of you are probably going right now, you're probably getting anxious and hot sweats and, and wondering, you're probably thinking, well, I'm not too sure I want that. Who's going to be in my group? Do I have to stay there forever? What happens if I don't like it? You know, what, what happens if I can't come to the, f-? you've got all these questions going on and I get that and I know that and I've we've, we've, we've addressed, we've talked to many people in that same situation. And you might be thinking, you know, maybe I want to go to someone else's group and this person didn't invite me. And look, I, I know all those real concerns and they're good questions. You know, I just think that it's it's too easy for us. We've got all these unknowns and all these uncertainties. It's too easy for us to say, I know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to get involved because it's just too complicated and it's too complex, you know. And and before you make that choice, I'd rather you just contact me. Let's have a let's have a discussion before you make a decision. Uh, There's no rush. There's no pressure. You know, there, there's no rush to have to start on the 18th and everyone's got, no, you don't have to get in a group on by the 18th. We can just walk this out, take our time. You know, I, I think anything in God that's worth, it's worth uh, it's great value takes time. And so we don't want to hurry through this. We don't want to push anyone anywhere. There is an opportunity and you will be given invitations to join a group. And so um, be aware of that when a phone call comes in from someone, don't hang up on them. Um, it's likely it's one of our leaders that are going to give you a call and invite you to join their group. You know, it's um, the reality is likely it's going to take a few while weeks for our uh, our groups to settle. Some groups may change, new groups may form. You know, that's okay. I was telling someone, you know, we we don't have all the right details. We may not have the right details, but I think we're taking the right the right steps. And so. As I said before, over the next couple of weeks, you'll receive an invitation. I'd encourage you to say yes, or consider saying yes, um, to take a step of faith. You know, COVID's really made us a bit shy, shy from connecting. It's probably made us a little bit, dare I say the word, lazy. And we don't mean to be, but it's just developed habits that I think are unhelpful for us. So I'd encourage you, before you say, no, I don't want to go, can't come, whatever. Just encourage you to say, look, actually, I, I might do that. And take that step of faith. Trust that God is in this with you. Trust that God is doing something in our church. And I tell you what, you don't want to miss out on that. And so um, you, you could even just, just go go for the first one. Just visit. Just check it out. And uh, we'll talk to you later about how it works and how it looks and how all that type of stuff. Um, but also, I am going to say you don't have to say yes. I don't want anyone to feel pressured into this. Um, there is other things you could say. You could say no. And if you do say no, be kind about it. Uh, don't just hang up the phone like you do to telemarketers. Um, if, if, if you're not ready for this yet, that's fine. You know, you might need more time. You, you, maybe you're not ready. You, perhaps you like, you've got something on or you'd like more information. If that's you, there is opportunity to talk about things. And so if someone's ringing you and asking you and you feel on the spot, just say, look, right now I'm probably not ready. And um, look, or I'd like someone to, I'd, I'd like to have a further discussion about it. And if that, let them know exactly where you're at. They're not going to feel bad. They're not going to uh, hang up and start crying. Um, but it's important they know so we can help you in wherever you are on this journey because we'd love you all to join us in some way. It doesn't have to be every week. Come when you come. But find a place. Ali would say we need to find your tribe, find your people that fit well. And so as we wrap up, yeah, you know, the best advice from me, you know, I'd encourage you to talk to God about this, you know, um, see what He has to say. Neither God nor the eldership are going to twist your arms. Uh, we just want you to see the opportunity that is awaiting us and extend an invitation for you to gather together. I think it's time for us to gather together. And so, just very quickly, if you're part of the online church community, maybe you uh, you're not part of our, haven't been part of our regular physical service. You've been watching online, and you live locally, and you're thinking you'd like to be part of a satellite service. I'd encourage you to email me, Mark, M-A-R-K, it's down at the bottom. Uh, email me and we will make sure that you are included in our plans because we want you to be part of our gatherings because I think there's something supernatural that is going to occur in that space and in our church. And we'd love you to be part of that. So that's about it for me. Thanks for your time. Have a great week.